Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast will include mature themes and scenes. This actual play uses the Delta Green role-playing game rules by Arc Dream Publishing. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your handler. You're all cordially invited to a night at the opera. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your handler this evening, handler Michael Diamond, and I'm back with the next episode of Impossible Landscapes, a Delta Green campaign as played by the Old Ways Podcast. We'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter, for having us, for listening to us, for commenting and sharing your feedback on the show. We'd like to offer you the opportunity to join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. We'd also like you to check us out on YouTube as we continue to add more video content, including our live shows, seminars, and all sorts of fun coming up later this year. So with that out of the way, I would like to get to our agent introductions. I will do so beginning at my right. Hey, this is Miranda. I play Dr. Aaron Weber, aka Agent Olivia Dartford. And for someone, Miranda, who generally loves puppets, I have a really bad feeling about the marionettes. I mean, it's, I'm just hoping that you feel something about the marionettes. That's the important part. And to uh, Dr. Weber's right. Hi, everyone. I'm your friend, Nate. I play Elliot Winter, Special Agent for the U.S. Department of State, also known as Special Agent Oscar Bennett. We've just crashed the worst wedding in the world, and I am not sticking around for the garter dance. That is likely an important piece of wisdom you've already picked up. To Agent Winter's right. Hi, this is Allie, and I play Agent Joanne Hart, or as I'm known as to this crew, FBI Special Agent Ophelia Ward, and we are surrounded by marionettes, and I don't appreciate any of it. But luckily for you, they appreciate you. And last, but most certainly not least. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I'm playing Brett Hawking of the NCIS, and I'm here to keep these chuckle fucks out of the crazy house. Yeah, that's true, but do you think you can keep yourself out? We'll find out. So when last we left our agents, they were on a seemingly endless journey around floors in an apartment complex in New York City, a building called the McAllister. They had been moving back and forth through T-junctions and hallways, trying to uncover the location of a missing person, that missing person being Miss Abigail Wright. To date, they have not been able to make contact with her, but last episode... They did get a glimpse of a woman in a very stunning dress, and she was dancing with a figure in the distance they couldn't quite make out. As they drew closer into this large reception room, they began to notice the sides filled in with several marionettes. Marionettes of all shapes and sizes, but mostly very large ones dangled from strings on the ceiling in darkened spaces where 
no one seemed to have any control. And then everything changed. Agent Ward pulled out her gun. And so, who raised the curtain tonight? In a tight focus, Agent Ward slowly being surrounded by oh so many marionettes and her pistol aimed at one. And so, Agent Ward, the spotlight is yours. Yeah, if they get within, I don't know, six feet, I'm going to shoot the first one. Not playing games after that baby doll. No, very well. Then I invite you to make a firearm roll. That's a zero eight under 40. Okay, you rip off a shot. The reflexive nature of most of the other people that you're with, that being Agent O'Neill and Agent Bennett, will be to likely do the one thing that Dr. Weber, or a.k.a. Agent Dartford, will end up doing, which is flinching. The special agents aren't going to flinch when gunfire happens. They're used to it. Been in the range hundreds of times. Agent Dartford... Ward pulls out a gun and lines up a shot and fires, and your blood pressure skyrockets. So, Bennett and O'Neill, what are the two of you doing? I'm going to go ahead and pull out my weapon and make sure I have a round in the chamber. My main goal here is to maintain a clear line of sight to the exit. Can I see the exit door? Yeah, it's behind you. You can still see it. Perfect. So, as we are being encircled by these marionettes, I am going to train my weapon on the left and the right side in order to preserve a clear avenue of escape. And if one gets too close or seems to be threatening that avenue of escape, I will open fire. Yeah, they haven't yet threatened your avenue of escape just yet, but it seems like the marionettes are beginning to move at a much a much faster pace now that this gun, the first shot has moved on. Ward, we got to get out of here. Bucky, that door open? Is the door open? Uh, It is not open, but you can still see the light from the hallway and the cracks in the door. About to be. Ward, 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 let's let's, let's get out of here. Ain't nothing for us here. Absolutely. And I'm backing up with my gun still trained on anything that's coming near. O'Neill is in the back, headed toward the door to get it open. Bennett is on the right with Ward in front, and they're beginning to backstep. Agent Dartford, what are you doing? Agent Dartford is, uh, well, has been historically in this game freaking out for a little while now. So I imagine I have a shotgun still, I believe, um, is just kind of wildly aiming it around. Horribly unsafe uh, because you shouldn't point a gun at anything you don't want to shoot, but that's it's everywhere. It's She's probably not going to shoot it, but it's all over the place. She's all over the place. Okay. Ward, as you're stepping back, you see the marionette that you shot. You see the front sort of casing of its body has caved in a little bit from the weapons fire. And something is beginning to slowly and sort of inexorably trickle out of the front of it. It's not blood. I was going to ask if it was red. It is red. But it's not blood. It is a beautiful, beautiful red ribbon of fabric that begins pouring out of it. And there's almost this um, claymation aspect to the way that it teeters back and forth and begins to pool up. And you can see the marionette 
begins to wobble a little bit on on its oh so many blackened strings and the toughest part for you is not that you shot a marionette the toughest part is you know for a fact that no one is controlling the strings and that it's a, an entire act all in of itself that the marionette's pulling and so now you'll make a sand roll for me of course i will oh my sand's real good for now oh has 74 under 78 Okay. Uh, so the group effectively moves back. Uh, Dartford, you are swinging this thing wildly. You can feel the palms of your hands getting slick with the perspiration. The shotgun's getting a little tough to hang on to now, uh, but you make it back to the door. The marionettes have closed in now, much tighter ranks. Um, they actually seem to take a moment to examine the one that is now limping forward as if they see that one of their own has been harmed. Far, far in the distance beyond them, set of double doors open. You can see the additional light Agent Bennett that spills into this room and and backlights all of these marionettes. And you see this woman in the dress and this man walk through the doors in a painstakingly beautiful golden light that absorbs them. Yeah, that's real nice. That's real nice. Bucky, uh, open that door. Let's get out of here. Come on. So with my gun leveled uh, and held in my right hand, I'm going to cross over, open the door, continue pointing the gun from my chest towards what I'm looking at through this door. And if I am clear into the hallway, I will proceed into the hallway. You proceed into the hallway, Agent O'Neill, an empty hallway. Good. I'm going to cover both the left and the right, assuming those are the only two options. I'm not sure anymore. And... Uh, I'm going to make sure that the rest of the people can move following me through those doors into the hallway. Okay. Team continues to back up and eventually breaches the doorway and gets out into the hallway. The marionettes come very, very close to the doorway, but they seem to stop at the available hallway light, that dim dome of light that sits on the floor of the ballroom here. They do not want to pass through it. You can see them teetering right on the edge. Dar- Darford, it's okay. Um, go ahead and point that shotgun up up towards the ceiling for a second. At the sound of Bennett's voice, Darford jumps again, startled. Ooh, fantastic. Make me a luck roll. I love that, Darford. Thank you. Oh, great. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, 27 under 50. Okay, you, you keep it together and you don't accidentally pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Are you done, Bennett? That's... That's two. Do you really need a third? Oh, okay, Bucky. Um, why don't you take us out of here then? Go ahead. I'll, I'll follow you. Let's go. And I'm going to close the door. Okay, so if we're all good to get out of here, I want us all to think about the smoking lounge. All right? All of us, smoking lounge. Right in my footsteps, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do go. <laughs> All right, we're all thinking the smoking lounge. I would like to attempt to find the smoking lounge. I'm going to go down this hallway, uh, either turn a corner, look for a door at the end of the hall, a trap door, an elevator, anything. Reasonable. Uh, You go down the hallway and look for a door. There are many doors, but the question is, is is it a door that you want? And so I'll ask you, Agent O'Neill, to make me a sanity roll in that regard. Okay. 
Let's see here. Sanity. That is a 78 over 75. Okay. Um, so you turn a corner in desperation. Instead of going right, you go left. And when you do, you find a wrought iron knob with a small bit of amber stylistically engraved into the center of it. And you turn the handle and you open the door. In doing so, you are greeted by um, the Edwardian style shelves and the accompanying song that plays on the phonograph. The heavy smoke from far too many cigars. My character's hyperventilating. Is this the smoking lounge? Sure seems like it. Oh, is our dude there? Is our cable man there? You don't see um, Rourke. You do see David. He's here. Oh, thank God, David. Is he okay? Is he sleeping? He's sleeping right now. That's good for him. Okay, do we see... Is there, like, a way from the smoking lounge back down to the third floor? Yeah, so when you look left in this room, something you don't remember doing before in the past, you see the door that you originally came through. It's right there. It's been there the whole time. Dartford is gone. Darfur's already headed over there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Bennett, Ward, somebody grab David. Let's go. Dar- I'm not going to let the door close. If Darfur's going through it, then I'm going to move into the doorway and hold it open for the rest of the people. Okay. So who's who's getting David? Hey, Bennett, help me with picking this guy up so we can get him out of here. Hmm. Uh, handler, I'm going to grab a book, any book, random book off the shelf. Okay. And just put it underneath my arm and I'm going to help Ward carry this kid. Okay. Pick up a book off the shelf and just at random and then begin to help Ward carry him out. Don't let that door close. Dartford, you open the door and you see a very short set of stairs that seemingly lead back to other hallways. Hallways that, that look like the ones that you once walked through. Yeah, Dartford kind of rushes down those couple of steps and then as soon as she gets to the bottom, she's like uh, back against the wall, legs crumple, head between the knees, breathing heavily. Indeed. I'm just going to very calmly say to Bennett and Ward, do either of you have cuffs while also checking myself to see if I have handcuffs? You've got handcuffs, O'Neill. I do. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to slip behind David and handcuff him. He wakes up. What's going on? Hey, it's okay. Just go ahead and sit down. And I'm not giving him the choice. I'm just going to firmly push him into a seated position on the floor. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to get our um, mutual friend on the phone. Like, we need to figure out what we're going to do about David, he is not going to handle the next few hours very well. No, probably not. I have his number in my briefcase, but that's back at the hotel. Bennett, can you, without going around a corner or opening any doors, can you determine whether we are where we are? Are we in the building? Are we in the McAllister building? Is there a window? Yeah, there are windows. Where you're at right now, there's a windowsill that's probably... I don't know, 20 feet down the hall there. 
I'll walk over to it. Take a peek out. You walk over to it. It's um, yeah, evening, looks like. The city's churning below you. You see the street where um, you'd walked to the deli before. So you know right around there the hardware store is just a, just a block or two that way. Looks all right, but it also looks like it might be night. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, of course it's night. We just got here. <laughs> it was night when we went upstairs. Yeah, but then, uh, but then we got lost and we lost the stairs back down. So it only makes sense that maybe the stairs are only there at night. It's the night floors. So we couldn't get out. I admit it's night now. What's my watch say? What's your watch say? Yeah. What's the watch say? I guess I'll ask what kind of watch you got. Yeah, I have a Timex uh, analog impact resistant. The time on your watch says that it's nine, nine o'clock. So you were in there for uh, a couple of hours, maybe. I hate to say this, but does your watch tell you what day it is? <laughs> yeah, it has a little window. Wait, no, your watch was in there. So um, the time might be wrong anyways. You have a sneaking suspicion, Agent Dartford, that something is really, really wrong. Yep. Yeah, no. Can we go... I kind of knock on a door and ask someone what day it is. We should go look for someone. Just look for someone. Yeah. Put this guy in the apartment and uh, and go do some business. Aren't there like a bunch of empty apartments? There are a bunch of empty apartments. I mean, there's a there's another apartment door right right over there. It's probably empty. Most of them are empty up here, right? You should go knock to make sure. Or not. Totally your choice. Go ahead, Dartford. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll just... I'll, whatever the first door is, I'm knocking on it. Okay. You knock on it. Yep. A couple moments pass. I'll just say a woman answers the door. Uh, she has a shorter cut red hair, wire rim glasses, and uh, she looks out of her door with a... We'll just say a little bit of uh, caution. Uh, ma'am, I'm sorry uh, to bother you, but um, sorry, I think I've I've got mixed up. I was supposed to meet someone here Thursday night. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Olivia Dartford, I was supposed to meet someone here Thursday uh, night around nine. Is it? It's thir- today's Thursday, right? My watch is right. I look at my wrist, but then I put it back down because I don't have a watch on. She looks at you like... You've lost it. And she stares at you for a good five seconds and then narrows her eyes. I have lost it. Do you live here? Um, No, I don't. We don't. Well, I don't live here. I, I was uh, meeting someone here. I'm doing some work here. I will ask the... I, I, I will apologize just once again. I'm sorry. I just... I think I got my days mixed up on my calendar and I just want to make sure that I, uh, I didn't get it wrong and that today is Thursday. I just, I, I think I'm mix, mixed up, though. Okay. Listen, it's Saturday night. I've got a lot of things to do. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm awfully sorry. Like I said, I was mixed up. I'm, I'll leave you to your things. It, and it's miss, not ma'am. Miss. She gives you that sort of, a bit of an upturn of her nose, like she doesn't believe she's as old as she actually is. She gives you just a, a, another once-over before closing the door. Yep. Dartford starts to hyperventilate a little bit because she said it's Saturday. She's like, hands on the knees again and breathing heavy. Did you hear that? She said, Saturday. She said, it's Saturday. 
Yeah, Dartford doesn't look good. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, it's, we, we spent a day there. That's fine. That's fine. Makes you wonder how long this kid spent there, though. Because it just sure didn't feel like a day. It felt like more than a couple hours, but it sure didn't feel like a day. Ward, you got that number? Yeah, like I said, it's in my briefcase, which is back at the hotel. I don't have it on me. David looks up from the floor. Saturday? Did you say it was Saturday? There's no way it's Saturday. Why is why is that, David? Why is there no way it's Saturday? I came I came here on Tuesday. It's got to be Tuesday. So, and I thought you said you was wandering around for for a long time up there. It couldn't have been that long. It couldn't have been that long. You feel David's bicep and tricep begin to flex, and you can feel his muscles and start to spasm. Like a seizure? You're not sure. Okay. All right. I'm going to get down on his level to the left of him. I do not want to get headbutted in the face. Hey, you're good. It's all good. Everything's taken care of. Um, what's the name of the company that you're with? I work for King Cable. All right. That's cool, dude. That's perfect. You know what? We can call your boss. We're all federal uh, agents with the FBI, so don't worry. You're you're gonna be good. You're gonna be fine. You watch his eyes roll a little bit when you say that you're all FBI agents. Yeah, no, you're gonna be you're gonna be fine. You just chill, just chill out right here. You don't have anywhere to be, and everything's gonna be okay. All the PTO you need. We got to get our guys phone number and we gotta we gotta take care of uh we gotta help david find a place to stay yeah why don't we leave why don't we get out of McAllister and go take care of some stuff out outside of this place i don't know about you but i could use a break from this place absolutely and i'll uh keep my pistol low but i'm gonna still have it because after the experience that we had while upstairs i'm not really keen Are you going to walk onto a street in New York with a bared pistol? No, just down by my side. Safety first. Just like every other New Yorker. Bennett, will you take this from me, please? I give Bennett my gun. Oh, gladly, gladly. You know what? I'll keep this safe for you. If you need it, you can have it back. But yeah, the hell am I going to do with this thing, though? Do we have vehicles on the street? I think there's one vehicle on the street, yeah. We'll, we'll pick up in the first floor. Heading down a couple of floors is fairly simple. It's a little bit of a, a challenge for David. It does take a little bit of um, someone helping him walk downstairs because he's handcuffed. But the first floor is sort of a minefield for you, Agent Bennett. Maybe it's walking past the, the phone cubby again. Maybe it's the boxes and boxes of unopened mail that are nearby. Maybe it's the open door to Abigail Wright's apartment that sets you off. But eventually you come to find what does it. And that's the Saturday newspaper confirming in your head that it has been more than a day since you walked upstairs. And that's when your brain just really can't handle the idea of what's gone on. And so you're going to lose six points of sanity immediately now. You will lose self-control of yourself. 
Do y'all see this? Do y'all see this newspaper? That crazy lady upstairs was right. That, Bucky, you have him? You have and I have my gun out now. Do you have this? This kid is no... You you weren't lost. You, this is you. This is you. I'm going to pistol whip David right upside this fucking head. I'm sick of his bullshit. I'm sick of him lying. I'm sick of him telling his, his falsehoods up there and trapping us and getting us out in this situation. We wouldn't have been up there if it wasn't for him. Fucking Dave, I'm going to kill him. So David cannot fight back. No matter the actions of the surrounding agents, at the very least, I'm going to say that no one is prepared for Agent Bennett's action of beating at least the first hit. And so what I'll say is that David is mostly helpless. So you're striking a helpless opponent. So there's no, there's not going to be any roll required. And I think it's the pistol will probably do at least a D6 plus any potential strength. I'm going to maintain positive control of him. And if I can, after this next hit, I'm going to try to get him outside of the building and away from Bennett and into the backseat of my vehicle. I got a 50 strength, so I doubt that that's any sort of bit bonus. No, it is not. Ooh, but I do do four straight points of pistol whip damage against this this thing that came back with us. This thing wearing a mask. Now that the first strike has happened, the next thing will be is that the other agents are available to react to this. You cock back all of a sudden with the gun to pistol whip him. And you strike him directly in the temple. And you push in the, the flesh with the butt of the pistol. And you can hear a crack from his jaw. And blood sprays against the back wall of the McAllister. And David collapses onto the ground. Keep in mind, Agent Bennett, just so, so as we can sort of prepare you for this, you will fight until you are subdued or until your need for violence is um, met. Bucky, you hold him while I finish this and I reel back for another. Can I attempt to pin Bennett to the ground? You can. I think it's reasonable for you to at least in the moment, react to what Bennett is doing and then try to get control of him. Um, I'm going to guess anyway, at least from what I have been, what, what I'm given here, uh, I'm going to guess that's a, that's an unarmed combat, likely uh, an unarmed combat role from. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to knee him in the side of the leg in order to try to collapse a leg down. Okay. Um, so that, that's not something that Bennett will probably allow to just to, just to happen. Ward, Darford, he, he got to Bucky, too. And yes, I will attempt to fight back. Okay, fantastic. So I need a roll? You do. Okay, so I see on my screen here that Agent Bennett has rolled a 42 under his 60 and that Agent O'Neill has rolled a 29 under 40. So, Bennett, you get pinned against the McAllister wall with David crumpling at your feet. Ward and Dartford are the two of you doing anything. Or are you letting the boys fight it out? No, Dartford's gonna go for uh, David because I'm a I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, so is Agent Dartford, and going to see make sure David's okay. I'm gonna try to pull him, maybe pull him away from the the scuffle a little bit, and uh, yeah, David, yeah, get him, get him, Dartford, get him. Well, yeah, finish it, get him. You pull him away, Dartford, but David is most certainly not okay. He's bleeding from a, from a skull fracture. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Ward, what are you doing? 
Bennett, what the fuck? He didn't do anything. I mean, if nothing else, he's fucking restrained. We went in there long after he did based on, you know, the dates that he gave us. So I don't know what the fuck you're on about, but maybe you should sit your ass down. Yeah, and he found us. He found us real easy, didn't he? He found us real easy, Ward. Didn't you see these men? You've seen how many mass babies. He's one of them. You shot that one. You shoot him. Shoot him and then shoot Bucky because Bucky's Bucky's next. Okay, so uh, at this point, I think it's reasonable if Ward wants to make a psychotherapy roll to try to talk Bennett off a ledge or from potentially using the pistol he has in hand still rather than a, a, you know, a bludgeoning weapon, say a ranged weapon. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Agent Dartford, um, would you use this and, you know... I give a key for the handcuffs and have her undo the handcuffs on David so that we can uh, restrain Agent Bennett in his sudden murderous rage. Oh, good luck with that. Okay, so uh, you're you're handing Dartford a handcuff key to, to get to get David out of the cuffs, right? Okay, fair enough. So that I can use the cuffs. I got you. I got you. That'll take a little time. Uh, so Bennett, give me give me some more hot sauce, like. You're, you're still hot, pissed, mad. This whole shit has been blown up. David is a traitor, not only to the group, but to the country itself. He's clearly led you astray. He's been lying the whole time. And that man deserves to fucking die. I've got this bludgeon gun in my hand. I'm going to try and twist it around so I can get a finger in the pistol guard and, and start, start blasting. Yeah, I would like to oppose this. <laughs> I'm certain you would, Agent O'Neill. I would love for you two to go one-on-one with a little bit more of that unarmed combat. Um, And then I'll just say, if Bennett wins the unarmed combat role, I will give his finger the opportunity to uh, line up with what his mind and brain is screaming at him to do. Here we go. Yes, 39 under 40. Yes, and then immediately afterwards... Agent Bennett fumbles his combat role with an 88. So you are not able, Agent Bennett, to get that gun into proper space. But what happens is, is when O'Neill pushes you further and you sort of scrape along that wall, that gun goes forward and rolls forward on the fumble. And when it does, it ends up, of course, in the hands of David who is getting his, you know, in in the middle of getting his handcuffs taken off, he catches your pistol, your service firearm. And he's at a terrible angle. And he looks up to you, Agent Dartford, and says, Mom, help. Oh, it's, it'll be okay, David. It's going to be all right. It's, oh God, you're bleeding so much. Um, And I'm like fumbling with the keys, trying to get the, the handcuffs off of him. The, the problem is, is like his hands have sort of grasped onto the fact that he has something like in his hands now, in, in his left hand now. It doesn't take him very more than a couple of basically like um, reflexive muscle actions to get a handle on the pistol. And you can tell that he understands that he, he doesn't have any conscious, seemingly conscious thought about doing anything with it. But you can tell he knows what he has in his hand. And you're fumbling between the blood and the handcuffs and the fucking craziness going on behind you to try to get him loose. I don't think it would even register to Dartford that 
oh, he has a gun now. I would be worried about like my, I'm trying to like, I was trying to patch up his head. Like my hands are covered in blood. His face is covered in blood. I have this slippery key in my hand. I'm just trying to get the cuffs off. It it wouldn't even register to, in Dartford's mind. Yeah. And you absolutely get the handcuffs uh, unlocked and his arms whip forward reflexively. So I think that that will lead us back to Agent Ward having dropped the handcuff key off and seeing that Dartford has made good on unlocking David. But holy shit, how is he? How's he had a weapon now? What the hell's going on? David. David, look at me right now. Drop that gun. And if he doesn't look at me, I'm going to point my firearm at him. Drop the gun. Oh, really? Okay. You point the gun at him. David stands up and backs up, blood streaming down his face. Agent Bennett's gun in his hand now pointed in the general direction of all four of the agents. What the fuck is wrong with you people? What the fuck happened to me up there? What did you do? He gets very, very aggressive all of a sudden. Ward, shoot him! Shoot him, Ward! Ward! What are you going to do, Ward? Does Agent Dartford still have the handcuffs? She does. Her hands are covered in blood. Dartford, help O'Neill get Bennett under control. David, we don't know what happened to you upstairs, and we don't know what the fuck happened to us. We all saw a bunch of shit that none of us wanted to see. Guns are not going to help solve this problem, and I can't do anything about Bennett over there. I don't know why he's suddenly acting like this, and I don't know what the fuck happened, but us shooting each other is not going to help anything right now. So it's better for all parties if all of us lower our weapons. So put the gun down. Make me a persuade roll. It's a coin flip for you, Agent Ward. 37 under 50. Okay. You very slowly... Seems to nod and kind of gets his composure for a second. You see him blink a couple of times as blood starts running into his his right eye and he slowly lowers the firearm. Agent Bennett, you are absolutely not done with this fight, so you're not going to stay still. No, I am. Well, so what's the, what's the situation? Bucky's got me pinned? Oh, yeah, but soon I'm going to uh, Navy fan room fight style. Go ahead and uh, put an arm around your throat and choke you out. I'm just going to put your put your Adam's apple in the crux of my arm here. And I'm going to tighten it. I'm just going to flex that until uh, you black out. That's my goal. That sounds like a opposed unarmed combat test between the two of you. Okay, yeah, because I'm biting and I'm trying to get my fingers into his eyes. All right, if the two of you would resolve that, please. Couldn't even be worse. That's a 66 over 60. Spittle flying, and I'm just incoherent now and, and chomping teeth. So here's what happens the two of you sort of roll around a little bit here in the front McAllister hallway, back and forth between the, you know, lathe and plaster walls and some of the old trim that's in here. And you bounce back and forth like a, a couple of cannonballs fired at one another. The two of you eventually roll back down the hallway in this sort of strange, they live, unending physical altercation. You end up, Agent Bennett, on the floor, a wood floor, in Abigail Wright's apartment, staring up at the ceiling with Agent O'Neill's armpit like in your mouth. And it's really just not the way you wanted to end the workday. 
you can sort of feel the grit on the floor and you wonder what the fuck has happened in my life dartford david passes you the gun oh no and he sort of puts his hands up like in a defensive posture and then just without any warning completely crumples i throw the gun away on the hallway I, I'm just getting rid of it. Well, because um, Agent Ward was telling me to help to help O'Neill stop Bennett. I have these bloody handcuffs. I'm given a gun. I throw the gun because I don't want that. So I'm going to follow the fight down the hallway and see if I can get at least one of these sides of these bloody slippery handcuffs around Bennett's wrist. You head into Abigail Wright's apartment again. Mm-hmm. As you see the two of them on the floor, neither of them are in a great position to win whatever WWF match is happening in here. But clearly it appears that Agent Bennett is on the the bad side right now. He's, he's on his back, and so he'd have to be rolled over to try to get handcuffed. But can I just get one arm? Uh, yeah, I think it's reasonable for you. That's what I'm starting with, just one arm. Yeah, and so I would just say in that sort of same breath to you, Agent Bennett, the feeling of steel around your wrist and the hearing of clicks is something that raises your blood pressure all the way back up. Like, not only did David betray you, but now Agent Dartford and the rest of your team are trying to get you killed, or worse. They're in on it. David's got both of them. All of them. Well, as I learned in, 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 in whatever, FBI school... One handcuffed on a wrist is a, is a really good weapon. Yeah, that's true. So, what would you like to do, Agent Bennett? I would like to flail that weapon that I've just been given right into Dartford's face. Maybe break some of those pretty teeth while I chop down as hard as possible on the armpit that is covering my mouth. Really good vein there. I think there's a fantastic visual there. So, I'm going to ask you... Which is more important? The armpit. Fantastic. I think unarmed combat is the way to go. And I think that it's fantastic that you would try to bite someone's armpit. So am I rolling an opposed unarmed check to like keep him from being able to close his jaw? Or you can dodge because you you feel where your armpit is and you're trying to adjust it to, to get control of this, uh, this man. Actually, I do have a better dodge. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a teeth. Pointed at your armpit. All right, so Agent Bennett, your roll for all of us. It was a 70 over 6. Okay, so that is a failure. You failed to get enough skin, but uh, Agent O'Neill seems to have one-upped you potentially. I have rolled a critical 33 under 50. I am light like a butterfly. You get out of the way. Not only do you get out of the way, Agent O'Neill, but you basically clear the path for Agent Dartford to get leverage for, you know, getting the handcuffs all the way the rest of the way in place, uh, which she can do now on her turn. That is what I would like to do then. Okay. I'll be with you, Agent Ward, in just a moment. So, Agent Dartford, go ahead. I, I think this is going to be something that I'm going to have to get Bennett a resistance roll on. There's no way that he's going to allow himself to be handcuffed willingly. So it's unarmed combat versus unarmed combat. Am I able to do an action where, like, I assist? 
Oh, his is better. His is better. It is. So I think in this regard, I think O'Neill's question is poignant. I do think that you would try to help handcuff the suspect. So what I'll say is, if you can make an unarmed combat rule, Agent O'Neill, you'll assist Agent Dartford in, in cinching this down. I want to roll over onto his back and make it so he doesn't have anything to move. That's what I'm going to attempt to do with this unarmed combat roll. You try really, really hard. Unfortunately for you, you slip on a piece of cataloging paper that was left out here in Abigail Wright's apartment. And in doing so, unfortunately, what you do is you dislodge any leverage that Agent Dartford had. And it gives Agent Bennett, it will give him the opportunity to get to his feet, which, of course, is going to change things. Agent Ward, out in the hallway, with uh, David bleeding from a terrible, terrible head wound, having relinquished the, the pistol and then seeing that pistol be thrown away, you hear at the far end of the hallway on the ground floor, a door open. Fuck. David, stay here. Please don't go anywhere. I can't try to figure out what happened to you and what happened to us if you leave. Just stay here, okay? He nods. I'm going to pick up the other gun, holster that one, and with my firearm still out, I'm going to like lean down the hallway and see if I can see anything. I'm not going to go all the way down. Yeah, you see a um, rather mid to late 20s Latino man walking towards you. Seems to be head down got a pail like a bucket in his hand probably some brushes uh sir stop please identify yourself he looks up uh hello my name is special agent ward oh hey I, whoa hey i is he I looks directly at your gun what the fuck is going on myself and my fellow Agents are trying to establish that. Who are you and where are you going? He looks at you a little funny for a second. Because, of course, what he can hear in the background is just behind you, three people fighting in the apartment. That's that's sort of his audio backdrop to you asking. He says, uh, my name is Thomas Benoit. I live here. I was just going to paint. So you're heading downstairs? Yeah, is that Okay. Yeah, you're free to go. And I'll just let him go. He slowly walks towards you and then walks around you in the hallway and then walks past Abigail's apartment door and then walks out the front and then eventually out the door, just sort of in a complete and utter haze. Do you watch him go? Yeah, but I'm also... Uh, in the process of watching him go, making sure David is still there. Oh, David is absolutely still there. As soon as Manuel hits that door, David bolts right behind him. Oh, fuck. Okay, so back in Abigail's apartment. So amongst all of them, you, Ajonio, are the highest dexterity. So you would get to act first, but given the, the previous fumble... I'm going to say that given the start of this, we're going to allow Agent Bennett the opportunity to sort of get his comeuppance. So I'm unhindered by O'Neill at this point. 
and I've only got one handcuff on. Is that is that the state? That's correct. Handler, is it likely that the shotgun that Dartford gave me up on the third floor was dropped in the hallway when all of this started? No question. I'm going to go for it. Okay. So you're stepping immediately back out of the hallway to grab the shotgun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Totally, uh, totally seems like a class move, uh, something that you would absolutely do. And when I do that, do is David already gone? By that point, yes. Ward's standing in the hallway, seeming to have watched David. You see her in the hallway looking at the door. Oh, because she's, she's with it. I ratchet a shell in the chamber, and I go tearing off after David, because I'm going to end him... And that will allow me to probably recover my friends once David's influence is done. No, no question. No question about it at all. Um, so you grab the shotgun, rack it real quick, and then begin to hoof it towards the front of the McAllister, which is, you know, basically almost within your your move. You can't quite get out the door yet. Agent O'Neill. Oh, yeah. just Just absolutely running full tilt straight after him with the intention of tackling. Okay, uh, I don't think that you're going to be able to get there, but I can't let the opportunity pass us by. So I'm going to just have you roll luck to tell me whether or not you can or you can't. Uh, I have rolled 55, uh, over 50. I'll just say that um, you hustle out after Bennett and you can feel the moment. You can feel the dilation of time working against you. Uh, Agent Dartford, Bennett left the room. He's, he did a complete 180 and is now hustling out the front. You are here in Abigail's apartment. You see Agent O'Neill trying to get hold of him, but Bennett now has a shotgun in his hands. I will try to grab the shotgun away from Bennett. You just need to make the luck roll to grab onto him. See the thing about sad thing about Ben is he's got a little bit of a tricky knee. It's uh, it's unfortunate that those things sort of come back to haunt you after a while. Twenty five hundred fifty. And um, you do you will be able to grab him with an unarmed combat roll. My question is is are you going for the shotgun or are you going for the man? No, I'm going for the the shotgun. Two hands on the gun and try to yank it away from him. Okay, that's fair. Uh, unarmed combat roll, and then. Bennett, you are you dodging or fighting back? Well, I'm still under a bout. Yeah, you are. I'm holding a weapon that is critical, and I'm just going to two-handed shove it straight into Dartford's face as hard as I can. I fumbled my unarmed combat. That sounds like a bad time. Dartford, you go for the shotgun, two hands. The left hand that you try to put on the front of it to sort of get cross around Bennett's body is what tips him off. And that shotgun comes sailing back towards your head. It does connect with your face. Right here, just right about between the eyes, you get the stock of that shotgun directly between the eyes. For you, Bennett, unfortunately, you're not really able to get a ton of ump behind this. And so you're only going to do two points of damage to Agent Dartford. And the worst part is, is that in your, we'll just say zest, you have lost a hold of the shotgun and it clatters to the ground inside the McAllister. Dartford, you have a red mark or will right here in the, the center of your face. 
we'll just call it a love mark for now. Thanks to the folks at Remington. Ward, you get to react to all this craziness as it has happened. I might just stand there in confusion and shock when I see Bennett with a fucking shotgun trying to tear off after David and then that not succeeding. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. And then O'Neill, you were not able to catch him in time, but the slowdown that Dartford offered you is going to immediately pay dividends as now you could get a hold of the shotgun or get a hold of Bennett, your choice. Shotgun, please. Easily appropriated. We're going for a strike right between the shoulder blades uh, with the butt of the shotgun on Bennett. I don't really know. You're not armed enough to fight back in this case, Bennett. It's a straight dodge. I think it's probably straight dodge at this point. What role am I doing? It would be melee combat. Give me at least firearms at 50%. That's better than melee weapons. Yeah, that's fine. I'm happy with that. Give me 50 or lower. Okay, firearms at 50%. Can I do unarmed combat then? Yeah. Yeah, you want to unarm? How would you want to unarm then? If O'Neill's going to try to use this weapon against me, I'm going to try and take that same energy and counter it back, push it back at them. Pretty much the same thing that just happened with Dartford. I like that. I like that. Go ahead and give me unarmed combat. A 91 over 60. It does not work out well for you. You try to get, you try this sort of a very similar move that was tried on you, thinking that your experience and, you know, all the time in the field and in the actual live environment of combat. But the truth of the matter is Agent O'Neill is just too fast for you. And he gets uh, under your guard with it. And he hits you pretty hard with this shotgun. And I rolled a 24. Yeah, it's a pretty fantastic roll. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say roll a d6. Yeah, and I'm going for that nerve cluster right between the shoulder blades. I I want him down. I want his arms to go numb. I want him on the ground. All right, that's five. Okay, so damage. What's your strength? Mine? Yep. My strength? is 10. Okay, so no modifier there. Agent Bennett, you're going to take five points of damage. You hit Agent Bennett hard, right in the back, and there is a significant pop. And when you get that pop, for you, Agent Bennett, there's no sound at all. There's the lights go out. And you fall forward onto the floor of the, basically the entryway of the McAllister. And as you do, because you're just tall enough, Unfortunately, your forehead rams directly into the door of the McAllister, and you're unconscious for the moment. Can I finish handcuffing him now? Yeah. So, Dartford, you're able to put the handcuffs on Bennett. A groggy, groggy Bennett. Between the two of you, I assume O'Neill and Dartford, you will likely be able to get Bennett, once he's conscious to his feet, for now, you slide him against the wall and just make sure that he's not going to turn into the Tasmanian devil again anytime soon. And it's really at that point that we're going to ask our audience to head to intermission. We'd like to thank them for joining us for this episode of The Night Floors as we tour and play through Impossible Landscapes by Delta Green 
as played by the Old Ways podcast. I, your handler, wish you a wonderful intermission and will likely see you at the next act.